This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The week culminates with the news panel. Brick by brick, the stories come together and the reaction pours in. Let's welcome in the panelists, Joita Gupta and Michelle McQuig. Hello, Joita. Good morning, Dave. And hello to Michelle. Hello, everybody. Welcome back, Dave. Thank you. Nice to be back. All right, let's jump in the world of international news. Reaction continues to pour in after Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny died in an Arctic prison last week. Countries have been announcing sanctions against Russian officials, Canada, the UK, the US. Navalny had vocally opposed President Vladimir Putin for years. He'd been imprisoned multiple times. He even accused Putin of attempting to murder him several years ago. Joita, that is the thumbnail sketch of thumbnail sketches here. There could be a full hour just talking about the mm-hmm. life of Alexei Navalny. In fact, a documentary Truly. about him won an Academy Award a couple of years ago. But what do you want to explore here? Well, I think it is worthwhile to start off by talking about uh, how this has been a major story in the last week, generating headlines around the world. Um, we might start with talking about the international reaction to this, um, uh, not an entirely surprising turn of events, to be frank with you, uh, given that the that Putin does have a history of trying to um, eliminate uh, political dissidents and 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 rivals. But there are bigger questions to be asked about what uh, Navalny's death might mean for uh, the future of democracy uh, in Russia, uh, what it says about uh, Putin as a leader. Uh, and whether there are any implications on the war uh, on Ukraine, which is still ongoing. So there are many threads that can be tugged on here. Yeah, rapidly approaching the two-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine. It's Mm -hmm. uh, pretty remarkable, the Mm -hmm. passage of time and how quickly that goes. Joita, you're right. The international reaction is probably a reasonable enough place to start here. Michelle, just mostly sanctions here. That's been generally, that's generally been the policy from countries that have been allied with, aligned and allied with with Ukraine in the last couple of years and a lot of non-action from countries that have chosen to kind of sit this one out. So I just find at this point, it's just more sanctions. I'm not super impressed. I'm not under, I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed by it. I just think it's kind of underwhelming. It's just more international <laughs> sanctions. Oh no, uh, oh yeah. no, uh, Russian oligarchs can't uh, go to their beach house in uh, in Long Island anymore. Okay. In, they, they in not Canada. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and okay, the Canadian ambassador to russia has been summoned now um okay what does that mean i guess we'll find that out today i believe that's happening today um but yeah i'm kind of with you that this plays out along predictable lines but it also kind of i think might be a bit of a shot in the arm um for 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 
this verges more on war effort, so I can always come back to that. But in terms of the international reaction, yeah, I, th I think we're seeing no major shifts. Traditional allies stay aligned. But I do think that the, the, Navalny's death is a bit of a galvanizing force for those who oppose Putin. And I think that probably matters more domestically and with certain other countries. But I do think that that applies a little bit to the allies as well, and that there, there have been increasing questions about whether or not to keep funding Ukraine, uh, whether to send weapons, what kind of actions to take. I think Navalny's death may have forestalled some of those questions or, or some of that resistance and maybe put a bit of uh, fresh wind into the yeah. sails of those who want to support Russia. Yeah, it feels like that's been brambling for, for a while now. Uh, to mm -hmm. Joita, the international reaction, like I said, a bit underwhelming, not surprising. Sanctions has sort of been the modus operandi for about two and a mm -hmm. half years now, uh, rather than necessarily uh, a, more, a more direct approach. That said, if I were to sort of pull at one thread here, the politics of Alexei Navalny are not exactly uh, great politics. It, it, no. There's some pretty hardcore yeah. nationalist stuff there that, that makes it a bit unpalatable. So maybe that's where I'm a little bit surprised when you hear people like Joe Biden kind of praising Alexei Navalny. He did that in a speech yesterday, and it's like, is that really what you want to be doing, brother? Well, I think it's, you know, the choice of a, a rock, it's, you know, one is as a, as a Western leader caught between a rock and a, and a hard place in that right? even though Navalny's <laughs> politics is not, you know, super progressive and maybe not like in other times deserving of heaps of praise uh, compared to Putin and what Navalny has come to represent to the West um as an opposition figure uh, to Putin, um, I think makes his life work and and consequently yeah. his death a lot more significant than it might have otherwise been. But you're right; the international reaction has been very underwhelming. Whether it's Canada calling the ambassador, the Russian ambassador, to be rebuked, uh, whatever that's supposed to mean. <laughs> yeah, right. Like... Uh, but then you've got things like you know uh, the U the reaction out in the UK where they've frozen the bank accounts of six officials tied with um, with the prison complex. Their, their financial assets have been frozen, and then they've been told, "Well, now you can't travel to the UK," which isn't really a big deal because none of them was intending to travel to the UK in <laughs> yeah, the first right. place. So that becomes really symbolic. I'm so, what so, I'm surprised <laughs> by, Juita, is if there's any officials left to be sanctioned in Russia after the last two and a half years. Well, that's the thing, and I think that's been uh, the majority of where Joe Biden is going with, uh, uh, and the and the U.S. sanctions are really targeting officials, um, you know, trying to seize condos and yachts and things like that. But I don't know if there's really too much more that can be done in terms of sanctions. We've seen sanctions uh, against Russia for the last two years or so because of the war on Ukraine, and Russia has found ways to sidestep, and so. Um, not that I'm going to discount sanctions as a viable option here, but you really have to wonder, given that this war has continued for as long as it has, and Russia's found workarounds to pretty much all of it, you got to really wonder if this was the most effective strategy. And certainly in response to Navalny's death, the plethora of, of sanctions that have been brought to bear are underwhelming, to yeah. say the least. It's been less than 12 months since 
uh, Evgeny Prigozhin and his Wagner group uh, mounted uh, yes. mounted an assault into Russia as in what appeared to be an attempted coup attempt. Now, uh, Prigozhin uh, met misfortune falling out a window uh, earlier this year. They really need to work on their building codes in Russia about these windows. It seems a lot of people keep falling out of them. Um, but but it does. And they've also got this this new this whole new disease called sudden death syndrome. Yeah, that I think we yeah. need to do our research on yeah. a bit more, huh? Definitely could require a little bit more scientific rigor. Uh, but it, this this is another consolidation of Vladimir Putin's power. Joita, where yeah. do you think this leaves Vladimir Putin? Well, I mean, on the face of it, it is a consolidation uh, of, of his power. You're right. I mean, his opponents do have an alarming tendency to either fall from windows in very tall buildings and crash to their deaths. Or they, need more bungalows. Of- they need more bungalows in Russia. <laughs> Yes. Or, or you know, or there's like a spate of poisoning. Um, there was a like you know. So, so on the one hand, it it is dis- distressing to it, it does cause a chilling effect uh, in that people are told that if you speak out against the regime, you may meet with a sticky end. Uh, on the other hand, uh, many commentators have noted that this is a sign of weakness, and the more you continue to crack down on opposition the wider the opposition spreads. And at some point, it's going to become impossible to assassinate all your opponents, especially with someone with Navalny's profile. There's also a very high probability that with his death, Navalny will be will be will be turned into a martyr for the cause. And in 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 recreating Navalny as a martyr, uh, it it tends to breathe. It it may breathe more life into opposition movements and leave Vladimir Putin feeling more vulnerable than if he had just left his opponent in prison. You know, Michelle, all those good headlines from his interview with uh, Tucker Carlson seem to have already gone away for uh, President Putin. But where do you think uh, where yeah. do you think this leaves Putin in terms of uh, consolidation of power or his standing uh, in Russia right now? So I agree with Joita, but in the long term, I, I do think that ultimately the opposition will reach a point where it can no longer be contained. It's kind of an inevitable thing with the passage of time. But I, I do think that striking at Navalny and getting rid of that particularly popular opposition figure is obviously meant to cement his position, but I think he's probably done so for the short to medium term. <clears throat> There's supposed to be a quote-unquote election in Russia coming up sometime soon. Uh, Navalny, there there have been talk of trying to have him have some kind of presence there, even though he was in this penal colony. Now that's pretty much all but assured that uh, Putin is going to be, quote, re-elected for six years. It's, of course, it's not an election in the sense that we understand it, but that path is really clear now. So I think that's pretty well settled his position for the short to medium term. But I completely agree with Joita in that I really think, I talked about galvanizing opposition internationally. I think that's really true back home. Mm-hmm. It's been fascinating and uh, frankly kind of upsetting to see all the, the the floral tributes that result in arrests for people and all the ways that the Russian public has been trying to pay some tribute to Navalny since his death because people love a good resistance narrative and he had a really good one. Yeah. Um, so I think martyr to the cause, all these things that Joita flagged before all sound very plausible to me, but I don't see it happening for a bit. Michelle, you raised the idea of what could be perceived as wavering support for Ukraine in this war. Certainly, it's become a political hot-button issue in the United yes. States right now. It, there are protests going on all over Europe right now that might not be a direct link to the Ukraine war, 
but certainly they're a connective point there in regards to uh, some of the inflationary costs and energy costs. Even in Canada, they're starting to yep. be just a little bit of chatter about the commitment, the international commitment to supporting Ukraine in the war. What are the bigger implications for Russia and the war in Ukraine as a result of this? That's where I think it will be interesting because I, I it is still, I don't think this will take the te- take the temperature down all the way, but I do think it will sort of shore up those who say no. Clearly, see, we really do need to push back against Putin. Ukraine, Ukraine really does need our support. This is a really good narrative point for that camp, for them to mount their arguments, and I think it's probably going to work in some in in some form or other. So I, I think that at a time when Russia might have thought that it was starting to get the leg up on the PR war, this is a bit of a setback on that front, in in my estimation. But I, I want to preface all this by saying that I am not an expert on this part of the world. This is, this is more just sort of like inference on my part. Yeah. Uh, there may well be geopolitical factors that I'm – someone might be laughing at me right now. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, no, say, no, but, no. But based on <laughs> – no, no, come on. Like, but based on just like common sense of it, like that—that's how I take this. I, is that this is gonna this is gonna be grist for the mill for those who want to back Ukraine and make the case for why Putin can't be yeah. allowed to do what he does. Yeah, again, I, 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 especially the south of the border side, I spend a lot of time looking at and examining American politics. The fact is, the outcome of their presidential election this year will radically impact whether or not and how mm-hmm. that country wants exactly. to continue supporting yeah. Ukraine. Donald Trump, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, has said, we don't care if NATO partners get invaded by Russia. So, I mean, like, I, there's a pretty clear narrative that is existing south of the border right now, which is uh, not unsurprising, uh, based on the gong yeah. show that is American politics. Joita, bigger implications for Russia and the war in Ukraine? Well, I mean, Navalny's death, I think, really will, to some extent, uh, revitalize support for Ukraine um, from international partners. But also, I think, when when one considers the domestic situation in Russia and the fatigue that has uh, resulted from a war that no one had expected to last almost two years, I think his death is just going to galvanize anti-war sentiment at home. And while the death of others has not been as well publicized, there are also stories in the media about uh, Russian expats and um, and military defectors in places like Spain and you know all across Europe also being assassinated for their quote-unquote unpopular political views about the war. But I think one of the things we're going to see from... Navalny's death is um, sort of a a revitalization of anti-war sentiment in Russia because this is, you know, it's costing them time, it's costing them troops, it's costing them the lives of young uh, Russian soldiers, um, and it's costing them a lot of money. Um, And I think what I would want to see in terms of the implications for the war I mean, the international reactions are obviously very interesting to to follow. But for me, where I'm most interested is to see what, if any, impact this has on um, opposition with, you know, inside Russia and within Russia with with people maybe taking more notice of the fact that there's greater dissatisfaction with the war than uh, the Kremlin might like Mm -hmm, us to think. mm -hmm. All right. Let's uh, put this topic to bed. Coming up after the break, renters are more likely to experience financial distress. That's not necessarily surprising, but they're also more likely to experience loneliness, according to Stats Canada. Is there something bigger at play here? Or is it just like Nelly said, all about the money? This is the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. 
Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.